So, as 2023 comes to an end, I wanted to pick my top five Welsh internationals for over the course of this year. I'm not going to mess around, I'm going to get straight into it, but I want to hear you what you guys think in the comments. So, if you agree with my list, let me know. So, number one, or number five, actually is going to be Aaron Wainwright. Now, Wainwright established himself as the de facto number eight after Toby Faletau. Faletau has obviously struggled a lot with injuries. We didn't really know who number eight was going to be going into the World Cup. And Wainwright definitely put his hand up for that choice. He's a favourite of Gatland. We knew that before from Gatland's previous time, but he was playing a lot of six then. He's, but I think he's made himself indispensable to Gatland at the moment. If Faletau was fit, we would see Wainwright at six. He's great in the line-out. He's definitely found himself to be more physically imposing around the pitch. His carrying has improved. He's put on a bit of timber. He says he only wants to really play eight now, which is great that he's going to nail down that position. He's been pretty much indispensable for the Dragons, and he's been super athletic. He's really uh, taken his athleticism up another level. I would still like to see him grab the game by a scruff of the neck. We've seen Falatau really take hold of games in the past. When Wales have needed someone to stand up, Falatau has been that player. We would like to see Wainwright um, do take up that mantle. They're different type of players, but he's actually had a really good season and we're not too sure what's going to happen with Falatau now going forward. He's had a lot of bad injuries and he's definitely coming towards the end of his career. Wainwright is definitely in that pole position with no one else really challenging for that spot. So it's been a really good year for him. He could be really happy with um, his year's work. A little bit sort of in the woods when Pivak was in charge, didn't really play much at all for Wales. Uh, but as soon as Gatlin came back, he knew that he could trust him and he was one of his favourites. And Wainwright didn't let him down. I was always a little sceptical on Wainwright, but this year he's definitely proved that he's an international calibre player and he's definitely good enough to play number eight. So number five in the list is Alan Wainwright. Number four, I'm going to go for George North. Now, the reason I've gone for North is I think North has had sort of a bit of a weird sort of twilight of his career. We all, everyone remembers how he burst on the scene and he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and the move to centre was sort of a little bit hot and cold, especially in defence. He struggled quite a lot in defence. It's the hardest position to defend in on a rugby pitch at 13. So much to think of, so many people to pick up. But North has definitely, I mean, the difference, even from last year to this year, in just the way he reads the game, he makes some good defensive reads where he's coming out the line and tackling people behind the line, um, killing uh, over, overlaps. And he's been really good at just general all-round centre play. We know what he can do with the ball in his hands. And unfortunately, when Pivak again was in charge, he wasn't getting the opportunities like he's getting now. Um, he was also brilliant carrying the ball. Um, a lot more tight carries, obviously playing in the centre than when he was on the wing and he was able to run one-on-one -on -one at defenders, really take them on. I think his footwork is really underrated and always has been. But his big ball carrying skills um, and he struck up a nice partnership with Tompkins and it's great to see those two working together now. But North has really excelled in just his all-round play, just professional, not professionalism, but just all-round game where he's got 
all the skills now to to make a really good outside centre. No longer a wing convert. I think he's generally genuinely a really good outside centre now, and that's a testament to him and hard work because it's so hard to learn that position. Like I said, um, yeah, not the big the best season really for the Ospreys. Um, I think he's not really had a lot of consistent gameplay. He's also has played on the wing for them, which uh, unfortunately is not where we're talking about him in this in this list. But for Wales, I think he's been superb. And when you think um, going into the World Cup, we weren't really sure about the centre partnerships. We thought North was probably the first choice centre, but we didn't really say for sure because of he hadn't really nailed that position down prior to Gatland and prior to the World Cup. But um, yeah, he just showed um, that he's still got plenty of life in the old dog. Um, he's now moved off to France to, for the end of his career and good on him in that money. But I think he's had a great season for Wales and I think he's been really one of those underrated players who's sort of um, kept everything tied in, helped young players develop. I've seen him working quite a bit with Mason Grady, which is which was good in the Welsh camps. Um, that's where we need players bringing the younger players through. Um, so, yeah, George North, number four on the list. Number three, uh, I sort of got to eat my words a little bit here. I'm going to go for Nick Tompkins. Tompkins has really benefited, like I said, the same as North from having a consistent centre partnership. They've obviously worked out how to play with each other really well now, and they've definitely struck up a good partnership. I think they play well off each other. Anybody who's watched this channel and everybody, even on recent videos, have had to admit that I never rated Tompkins. I always thought he was overrated. I never actually saw what he did. But I still stand by that, by the way. But this year, I don't know whether it's Gatland or just out of consistency or just knowing that he's going to be playing, whatever it was. It's just something has sparked in him and he's really, really taken the Saracens form into Wales. His defence has improved. I still think his tackling is probably the worst, weakest part of his game. But his defence has is got better and better. He's good at reading the game like we were saying about North. Um, he's really started being a bit more creative at 12 now, which is great, which is what you need. Again, like the partnership with North, they're working how to, how to play with each other. He's putting North into holes. We saw in the Fiji game, I think it happened in maybe the Australia game. Um, and he's really come on as an attacking threat for Wales and seems like quite a leader. One thing I did really like about him um, was when in the Argentina game, when Costello threw that interception and that basically killed us off, even though we were losing anyway, probably would have lost. He went straight over to him and like give him a little tap and was like, you know, don't worry about him. It's just one of them things. Like he, he could have, he was crashing out of the World Cup at that point. He could have easily thrown his hands in the air at a paddy. Do you know what I mean? Probably what I would have done. But no, um, yeah, I think he's really silenced a lot of critics. And like I said, I was one of, if not his biggest one. Um, but he's really shown his quality and he's basically nailed on that spot. I mean, You'd have to think if Hawkins was available, then would he have had a lock-in? I don't know. If Hawkins was still available, would he still nail down that spot? I don't know. But at the moment, you have to say, when you come to that first game against Scotland in the Six Nations, as long as he's fit, he's starting. And you, you feel like you can trust him now, whereas before I found he was very erratic, um, 
he would sort of do things on his own, shoot about the line, go down blind alleys. Still, he still throws the odd terrible offload, in my opinion. But um, just his overall improvement and his just more consistency. He's cut the st- silly mistakes out, what he used to do, down to a minimum. And now he's actually proven himself to be a real good attacking threat and real, really consistent in defence and hopefully a leader in that squad. Because um, he's one of the more senior players, though he's not old. Um, and we're going to need those players, like I was saying about North, to bring this young crop through now. You've got to have those uh, experienced players dotted a- around. And uh, yeah, Nick Tompkins, like I've said before, I've had to eat my words. He's uh, really improved and he's, like I said, silenced a lot of critics. And that's a testament to him, to his confidence. I mean, it takes a lot for people to pan you constantly and be able to still go on and perform and prove people wrong. So congratulations to Nick Tompkins. Um, Number two, uh, by the way, if you uh, agree with this so far, maybe give me a subscribe. It's up to you. It is Christmas after all. Number two, this was tough, but not too tough. It's going to be Will Rowlands. Um, I've waxed lyrical about Will Rowlands on his channel so many times now, especially in the World Cup. He was absolutely magnificent in the World Cup. He was uh, Wales's top tackler. He's brought. Uh, he's always been really good in defence and big hits and stuff like that. He's a strong carrier, but he's brought this real um, breakdown threat into his game now, which uh, he's definitely improved that this year. Um, he's had a few big turnovers in games and a multiple times in multiple games where he's counter-rucked and he's absolutely almost single-handedly obliterated the ruck and forced turnover or forced really poor ball. Um, so yeah, he's proved himself a bit of a leader. I, the, it was always worrying when he'd been off, literally laid off for like a year near enough and he came back for the first home game against England in the warm-up matches, I believe. And he literally looked like he'd been playing last week. It was it was amazing. And as the World Cup went on, he just got better and better and better. And he just proved himself indispensable. And I genuinely think that he's one of our very few world-class players that we got at the moment. He could definitely get into these top teams now. Um, and he would be one of my first names on the team sheet without question. He's big, he's physical, he's got a nasty edge, he's imposing, he gets in people's faces defensively, offensively, and he's just a workhorse. He's everything you want in a second row. And it's funny to think we had a little bit of a, I want to say crisis, but we were a little bit concerned when like Alan Wynn and stuff was coming towards the end of his career, thinking we haven't got an awful lot of depth in that second row. And now you look, you've got Rollins, who is, like I said, indispensable, world-class, Beard, I have my own opinions on Beard, but, you know, he's a player. Uh, and then you have Dav Jenkins, who's captain in Exeter at the age of, like, 21, something like that. Absolutely quality for them. He was brilliant oh, this weekend, just gone against Munster. He's superb. So now you look and you've got this um, young players coming through, but then you've got this real top tier of second row now that I think... If Dav Jenkins continues on his strides that he does, he's going to feature heavily in the Six Nations and might even knock Adam Beard off the list. So having someone like Will Rowlands, who is a leader, Captain Dragons, 
believe at one time. Um, we get him bringing players like that through. We could have two world class second rows in a year or two. I don't know. I'm going miles off now, but yeah, number four is Will Rowlands. Deserves to be on this list. Could have been number one, but the reason he was number one because there is only going to be a number one in this list, and it's Captain Matt, fantastic Jack Morgan. I mean, what can you say? Like it's been such a massive breakthrough over a year for Jack Morgan. We've seen him for the Scarlets and he was really good. And we saw him come to the Ospreys and he's taken up his game another step. Pivak said he needs to improve his ball carrying skills or something like that um, when he had his time in charge. And that's why he wasn't really getting in the team. I mean, if there was an issue with his ball carrying before, I mean, it's gone completely. He is a brilliant ball carrier. Always seems to get um, break tackles, bump people off, make hard yards. He's got a low centre of gravity. He's really hard to tackle. Got a strong fend. Brilliant in attack. In defence, he's a big hitter. He's very busy. Second top tackler for Wales in the World Cup. So you can tell he's everywhere. He's been pretty much indisposable. He can kick. I mean, he can kick. What else do you want? What else do you want from a player? I think it was a little bit of a masterstroke from Gatland naming him captain for the World Cup. I was a little sceptical um, with the double captaincy with him and Dewey Lake. But as I said before, I think it was a masterstroke. Dewey Lake is brilliant in front of the cameras, very confident. And I think he took that mantle from the two and it allowed Morgan to just play his natural game. He doesn't seem the most vocal leaders. That worries me slightly. But you don't necessarily have to be. Warburton wasn't the loudest. I think Warburton had a certain manner about him which allowed him to not need to be loud. I hope Jack Morgan's got that. He leads by example on the pitch. Um, and he's just come from competition to uh, competition for his spot to being the captain of Wales with no uh, argument over it. You can't argue. I think people now will tend to forget and may not realise how close the battle between him and Tommy Raphael was when Gatlin took over. Raphael is so underrated. I think because he plays in Leicester, a lot of Welsh rugby fans might not see how good he is week in, week out. He's winning man of the matches and stuff for Leicester. And I think it was going to be a close battle between those two. Obviously, Morgan had the captaincy, but not really at the time when this was going on. And he just proved that he's just that cut above. Um, and I think, like I said about Rowlands, he's another one of our world-class players, and I don't think you can, uh, you can't deny it. So he's had a fantastic year, um, and hopefully we'll see another sort of um, thing like we had with Warburton, where we have this young captain come through and have a long, successful career, hopefully with Wales, starting with the Six Nations in February. But um, that's all for me. I want to thank everyone for this year. When I started the channel, didn't expect it to be like this. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you for watching and I'll catch you in the new year. Bye.